Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked-up truck or flying first class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil & Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gauthier. Well, welcome to this week's episode. We're here live at the Professional Petroleum Data Management Expo at the Westin Hotel here in Houston with Ali Sangster, Director of ENP Data at Drilling Info. And Ali, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also on the board of directors for PPDM Association, correct? That's correct. Awesome. So thanks for taking the time to meet with me after lunch. Hopefully you don't get a case of the itis and fall asleep at the mic here. <laughs> was it good? It was, yeah, it was very good. It looked pretty good. But what caught my eye was all the desserts that they had. The lemon bars were definitely the best. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's I'm a really sucker good. for lemon bars. But if I would have ate it, I would have literally been tired and probably not wanted to do this. So um, I <laughs> commend you for uh, you know eating a big meal and then coming and sitting down in front of the microphone. But it should be good. So before we get going, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, who's Tendeka, along with Alterix, who is the sponsor for today's episode here at the Expo. So Ali, I know the Expo is just kicking off, but how are things going so far? Really, really well. It's, it's pretty exciting. I think that we're up almost, well, actually slightly over 100 people than last year. Oh, 100 wow. more, or 100 more people than last year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When did this get started, this Expo? We start planning, or I guess the leadership starts planning probably six months prior. Okay. Nice. And then, but how many years has it been going on? Like a long time. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Cool. So I would imagine with the whole thing with, you know, data and just the importance of the data world, hopefully this event and this expo continues to grow exponentially. I mean, I would imagine it would. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely. And and traditionally, the oil and gas industry from a technology standpoint has always been a little bit further behind. Right. But with the data portion of it, it's pretty important because probably within our industry, oil and gas data, it's the hardest that you'll ever, ever have to work with. By far the most difficult. So why would you say that? It's multidimensional, it's relational, and it's time series. So it's not as though, you know, and when you look at it from a from a land acquisition to a well from permitting, drilling, completing, production, plugging, abandonment, there's the whole life cycle there. Yeah. So you have, it's basically anything that can happen or a series of activities that happen over time and they can happen again and again, or they can, you know, never happen more than once, but it's, yeah, it can be difficult to manage and then production monthly. Yeah. So you can imagine having to deal with all the data with those wells out in the Permian that have been producing for 75 years. Right. And any day that goes by that we're not properly managing it is just that much more data that you have to deal with. And it probably just grows and grows and grows. It can (laughs) be an absolute disaster and dangerous. Yeah. Well, I know companies are spending millions right now because, I mean, my our company included, I'm on the drilling fluid side and we're spending, you know, uber amounts of money. We have data going back as far as 2001. Oh yeah. And it's in some mountain of data and it's like, it's good data, but it's, what do you do with it? How do you tell the story? How do you make better decisions, you know, after quantifying what it's trying to say? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's exciting times. So major buzzwords over the last few years have been things like data analytics, big data, artificial intelligence, automation, all which seem to be taking over the industry by storm. Did you see this coming, you know, back when you started with Drilling Info in 2008? Not really. I mean, the big data term, people have been throwing that around for a long time. But now from the technology standpoint with, you know, oh, AI and, you know, 
just other emerging technologies, not so much. Okay. And it, I'd still say it's pretty new. Yeah. Oh, it, we're, I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg right now. Some of the things that, you know, just customers that I have and people on the operations side, their goals, I mean, being able to do things from the office. I know now from a drilling standpoint, there are people who are steering wells from here in Houston, out in the Permian. Another customer of mine said within the next few, you know, four or five years, they want to be able to drill wells like completely from Houston. Obviously, you, you need people at the rig to uh, address certain issues, mechanical issues. But it seems like the amount of personnel to execute a job uh, is slowly shifting to where it's just all managed in an office, pushing buttons. And it seems like that's the direction where everyone's trying to get to, which is crazy. No, it, it's insane. And they, so in, I guess from the vendor perspective, so we get all of the data. So they, there's a lot out there that we're not it's just not available for us. Right. So it's, you know, exactly what you're talking about when it comes to drilling live from the field. That can also be a challenge because a lot of times what people expect in return is not what they actually report in reality. So it's a, it, that causes a whole completely different data issue because, I mean, we manufacture data. Right. So right. that's well, a whole other. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I mean, it's like crap in, crap out kind of thing. Exactly. Right? It's as good as it's as reported. Yeah. Well, I know just from my experience in the field, which I spent quite a few years in the field, you know, what you see or what you get, you tell the rig manager or whoever it is on location that's reporting it and who has to answer as to why the data is what it is. It's like, no, no, no. This is what we want to report. Don't show that. And so it like, creates this whole other issue, right? So when things become automated to where you can take the human factor out, uh, there's going to be, I think, a lot of eyes open. And I'm probably, I'm assuming already it has. So do you think with the most recent downturn, did that play a key role for an increased demand in data analytics? I think with the downturn and all of the layoffs, there was a need to where you had to do more with less. So technology definitely paid a part because the people weren't there anymore. Right, right. Well, look, I just want to take a quick break. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and do me a huge favor and take a few minutes and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Any feedback is welcome and appreciated, good or bad. And even if you want to hit me up on LinkedIn and tell me what you think of the show or if you have any good ideas, stories, or anything you'd like to share with me, please, I'm always open to hear about it. And this week's review comes from Calgary Mitch R. Says, this is hilarious and informative. Keep up the great work, you silly Canadian. Thanks for that, Mitch. I appreciate the uh, the commentary. So what would you say the biggest advancement in data analytics has been that you've seen over the past few years? Better tools. <laughs> Better tools. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. I mean, BI tools are almost a dime a dozen. And so they're getting faster. They're getting smarter as far as processing capabilities now with, you know, parallel processing or processing in the cloud and just taking a lot more, you know, sources adding in the spatial component so then you can actually visualize whatever it is that, you know, you're trying to compute or understand. Right. Interesting. Do you think improved analysis eventually will help increase well productivity and exploration opportunities? It Honestly, it depends on the team because yeah. it's one of those things to where any type of automation or any type of technology or machine learning, it's, you still have to train the machine. So, you know, I've seen numerous times data scientist after data scientist or analyst where they may be brilliant when it comes to writing some fancy algorithm or, you know, technically amazing. But if you lack the subject matter expertise, it's, you can steer your analysis in a way that it shouldn't, it, you're not going to have a good outcome. Interesting. Is, is that, do you see that being a problem at all right now? Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually a pretty big problem. Because so how, 
Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, yes, like what's working to, I think, address this problem is it's you're putting teams together. So it's it's not a standalone thing. So it's not just a data scientist. It's not just an analyst. You need a subject matter expertise because it's, you know, when you're trying to tell a data story or understand what happened, Mm -hmm. it's a combination of attributes. So if you're making a judgment call and you really don't understand what it really means, you're, you're falsifying your outcome. Right. And, you know, from my standpoint, that's where I see the huge, I guess, age gap that could be a problem. Because right now, a lot of times the senior executives or the the gentlemen or ladies that are in upper management, the young engineers are able to run the analytics and do it. But their interpretation of it versus someone who's seen it and has done it for the last 25, 30 years and who's had their hands on it at the rig site or at whatever well site it is, they can oftentimes take that information and make decisions differently than than the young engineers. And so I'm curious to see how that plays out when all those folks retire. And then it's a lot of the people interpreting this data that don't actually have the experience and are just used to seeing it, you know, plugging it in and spitting things back. I don't know if, do you see that ever being a problem or, or a challenge, I guess? No, it's a huge problem because the devil's in the details. I mean, honestly, so you can just start dumping a bunch of data and, and it's, you know, computing. Well, that's almost like its own little neural network. So right. if something is, goes wrong, then they don't understand, okay, hold on a second. Let's take a step back. Let's go back to reference and source and figure out where did it go wrong. Yeah. Because you're just assuming that the math is going to, you know, handle the problem or the math is going to fix the, you know, fix the problem. And it doesn't really work that way. I mean, it helps when you're, when you understand what the data actually means. Right. But for example, like in the U.S., state by state, every state is almost like its own little country. So you have common taxonomies, okay, from a state by state standpoint, they don't mean the same things. Mm. So for example, if you're working the Permian Basin, if you're working New Mexico and you're working Texas, first production date from a reporting standpoint, it doesn't mean the same thing. Mm. So depending on your attributes, you know, that you're plugging in to run your analysis, if you think and you don't validate, well then that can that can be a problem. Right. So do you suspect or do you see the industry having to standardize the way we do things? Because like you said, from state to state, it can be different. Do you think we're going to have to change the way we do things from that standpoint? Unfortunately, I don't think, I don't know from a control standpoint. I mean, I think people have been reaching out to regulatory agencies for years. Yeah, Everyone serves a different purpose. I mean, it's it's also, they tax that way too, right? So it's one of those things to where, and, and operators are just as bad. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, say that it's any one person that's causing the problem or one group or organization. I say it's a combination. But I do think that that's what's so important like with PPDM, what they do. It's because you're basically building standards for the energy, for our industry as a whole. Right. And so as long as you understand what that means and you, you take all that, that whole standardization into consideration, it makes a really big difference. And it makes you better at what you do. Yeah. Do you think it'll eventually come down to companies having to be certified in certain like standards like how you have to meet you know api spec i mean will there be eventually something where you have to meet a certain standard i hope i hope so because if you i mean it's it's your from a risk standpoint yeah and that's something that i know that can be hard to measure but it's it's far less risk i mean i've seen company i mean i've been doing this for almost 11 years and i've worked with the majority of the majors yeah and i've seen you know business units where they misjudged or they just didn't get it or they didn't catch it. 
and it cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So when you start losing money, then all of a sudden it becomes really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. When you see the dollars start to increase or decrease rather than people start to ask questions and (laughs) fires are lit. (laughs) Then the data is an asset. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. So considering our industry is fairly immature in this space, are you seeing companies outside oil and gas trying to get a piece of the pie? What do you mean? So just for instance, like there's a lot of companies that I know, say from Silicon Valley or companies that are good at managing data, whether it be finance, something, you know, government companies. Do you see people trying to come in into this space that are fairly mature or have good value in other industries? I mean, is that something you're, you've seen? Yeah. No, we do. I mean, you'll, you'll see there have been a bunch of new different types of consulting companies, um, even investors that are coming in from outside the space thinking, oh, we're going to, you know, opportunity to tap into. And it depends. I mean, it's one of those things to where we go back to you can be brilliant from a technical aspect and technology can be amazing. If you don't understand oil and gas data, it can be a real problem. Yeah. Oh, big time. So what would you say the biggest limiter as an industry is with regards to data analytics right now? I'd say that from before you can actually get to that analytics portion, there's the whole operational piece. And I'd say that it's somewhere in between. So, you know, the whole digital transformation where you have all of these different data sources, you can apply technology to a certain extent to extract those values and then plug them into your, you know, to your oil and gas data model. But it's, I mean, it's, it's not a hundred percent. So there's still a need for the human element. That's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. And then from the analytics standpoint, just making sure that you have the right people that are making those calls. Right, right. So where do you see big data heading in the next 10 or even five years with the rate that it's going? Well, and it's crazy because it's, it's, it's like seismic is big data, right? And then oil and gas, we have a lot of data. Yeah. So it's, I mean, yeah. So I guess you could consider that big too, but it's just more and more because now when you take a step back and you think, okay, if it's a relational model and basically everything is a well and it's components through time, well, there's a lot to consider. So, you know, for well optimization or production optimization, is it really how you drill it? Or maybe it's the chemicals that you're pumping down hole. Or maybe it's the combination of the formation, or maybe it's a drilling pressure. So there are all of these different variables. So especially like MVStats, multivariate analytics, that's a big part of it because then you can take maybe five different types of scenarios that you think, you know, from an engineering, geophysics, and, and geology perspective and consider more than just your one area of expertise. Right, right. Interesting. Well, those are sort of the questions I had more from just data specific, but uh, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions with regards to yourself. So you've been in this space for quite a while. How did you actually get into oil and gas data? A friend convinced me. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, do you yeah. hate them now? I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Friends <laughs> never, are awful. I'll never forgive them, ever, ever. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, no, it's 11, well, June 2nd, I think will be 11 years. Okay. Nice. But so how'd you get into it though? I mean, your friend just randomly said, get into oil and gas. I mean, there has to be a story behind it. I mean, we were, I was finance. And so, so, and like we had our own little downturn. And so when that happened, it was one of those things to where, Hey, I'm, you know, moving over to this company. Why don't you come? And you know, this is something that you might find really interesting. Right. And so in my, I have a fear of failure. So it was one of those things to where, you know, when I made the decision to jump over, I didn't know what anyone was talking about. It scared me to death because yeah. honestly, I mean, I'm sitting there writing everything down and like would get in my car and immediately start Googling like, like what are these people talking about? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of self-training and then learn from the clients. 
right. the clients were probably my best, my best trainers because it's, you know, you sit back and you watch and everything was like, well, why is that important? Mm-hmm. And then working with all the different types of teams and then you start to kind of step back and see how it all fits together. Right. So. Hmm. So and that was back in 2008 is when you've gotten into That's when field? I first started, yeah. And that was with Drilling Info? That was with Drilling Info. So do you have any daily routines or habits that keep you mentally dialed in and motivated? I'm curious by nature. Yeah? <laughs> so, so you get out of bed and you just start asking questions? I do. Or you hear something you're like, okay, that sounds interesting. All right, so how, how does this relate to something else? Or, yeah, so I just, I just, I, and I stay out in the market a lot. Good. So I'm always talking to people and just, okay, what do you think about this? Or does this make sense? Or does this make sense? I ask a lot of questions. Good, good. So, I mean, but even more, I guess, from a micro level, like, do you have a certain coffee you drink? Or do you go to the gym in the morning? Do you meditate? I mean, is there anything that kind of, I mean, you must I drink have something. a lot of coffee. <laughs> okay. So get up, drink coffee. That's your no, recipe no, no, for success. Uh, Nespresso machines. Yeah. Just, just get up. Yeah. And then base, and, and I'm, I'm really big on, on lists. Okay. Lisk taker. You I'm a, write I'm them a, down or you put them in your yeah, phone? bullet points. I write them down. Yeah. I, I still actually I still have notebooks. Nice. So. <laughs> that's good. Hey, that's the best way to do it. They say if you write things down, the likelihood for them actually being completed or achieved is a thousand times more than if you just say you're going to do something. Yeah. I mean, and I try to plan. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I can't plan too far into advance because it, it never. Things change. <laughs> yeah. It changed quite a bit, but at least like a few days out. You know, or what do I expect to accomplish by the end of this week? Or, you know, what do I need to take care of or what's going on or, you know. Cool. So are you originally from Houston or where are you from? I'm a native Houstonian. Really? Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite restaurant? Where's the best place to eat? Do you have anything? Oh, that's a tough one. I know. Okay, probably my favorite. I'm a big sushi fan. Okay. And uh, Maturi. Maturi. That's probably my favorite. Where's that? It's off the Southwest Freeway. Okay. Off like close to Wesleyan and Buffalo Speedway around there. It's pretty okay. good. Maturi. I haven't been there. I've been to a lot of sushi places, and that's a new one for me, so I definitely need to check it out. Cool. Well, now it's time. I want to mention a few of our events coming up. We've got the Oil & Gas Global Network's Monthly Happy Hour. That's The next one actually is going to be on April 30th at the Canon. We're also throwing a launch party for our newest podcast called The Permian Perspective, sponsored by Baker Hughes GE on Tuesday, April 23rd from 6 to 9 at the Midland Beer Garden, so be sure to come check it out. If you can't make it, no worries. We actually stream live. So we're going to be streaming live from the event straight to our Facebook. So be sure to check it out if you can't come. Uh, We've got the Machine Learning in Oil and Gas. That's April 17th and 18th here in Houston. We've got the API Sporting Clay shoot. That's May 4th. And we've obviously got the big OTC coming up, the Offshore Technology Conference. OGGN and the group are going to be there. So be sure uh, if you see us, come shake our hand. I think we're going to be doing some podcasting from there. So looking forward to that. And that's going to be May 6th to 9th. Also, it's time for our podcast giveaway. So Tendeka, our sponsor, is giving away a mini portable projector, perfect for home theater, boardroom, office, and pocket video. For a chance to win, click the link in the show notes, and we'll announce the lucky winners as they come in. I also wanted to mention, this is for a friend of mine, her name's Courtney Strang. I wanted to mention the OKC F5, a.k.a. the Fin Feather and Fur. That's going to be happening Friday, October 11th at the Heritage Place, Oklahoma City. And this is relatively new for the Oklahoma region. So show them some love and go onto the AADE website and look up the MidCon chapter. Or you can hit up Courtney Strang with Inwell for more details. And anyone out there in the Houston area interested in playing oil field hockey, 
come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old-timer hockey. We do it every three weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink, so hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. And trust me, you don't have to be a professional. I've, I'm Canadian, I've only played four games of hockey, and so it's hilarious. I'm doing the, the Timbit circles on the ice, so don't be shy. If you never played before, just come hang out. It's a good time. And if you're looking to get in shape for the summer, visit KTX Fit in Katy, Texas, and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. So everyone out there, thanks again for listening to Oil & Gas Onshore. If you're looking for more info, visit www.oilandgasonshore.com. And Allie, thank you so much for joining me today. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have any questions or just want to get know get to know more about your companies? Are you LinkedIn or are you you know just straight to the to the Drilling Info website? What's what's the best? I'm on LinkedIn, and then straight they should be able to find me on the Drilling Info website as well. Perfect. We'll make sure we link that in the show notes. And texting uh, is the easiest way. Texting, <laughs> texting yeah, because it's my phone's always right there. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's that's how we roll nowadays. It's all about texting. So, well, look, certainly appreciate your time. I'll let you get back to the conference, and that's a wrap. And always remember, oil and gas onshore, providing energy for the world through innovation, one well at a time. Thanks, Ali. Thanks. Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil & Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com.